This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 7th. This episode is brought to you by Holistic Veterinary House Calls and the American Driving Society. Good morning, horse world. Well, we're back with another driving episode. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Glenn. And we have a big show planned for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, many different things. We've got kind of a variety show for you today. Martin's Auction's coming up, and uh, you know, if you've been listening to this show for any period of time, we always talk about Martin's Auction because it is the number one carriage auction in the country. And they have one every spring and fall, and they have a huge collection this fall. And Charlie Poppy, our friend, is going to stop by. He has, he has, he may have hackney ponies like I do. Um, <laughs> and he's been on the show many times, so he's stopping by. Kitty from uh, Tremont Farm there in Southern Pines is going to stop by and talk to us a little bit about horse showing. And she's been with us a bunch. And then we have a very special guest that Kathleen is bringing on from the Carriage Association of America today. And she is the woman that is in charge of Boomer and Sooner, and they are the mascots for the University of Oklahoma. So we have all of that, plus you have a uh, traditional Chinese medicine segment coming up talking about what? We're going to talk about Cushing's disease because we're going into the fall, so there's some things, some little tips I have for you going into the fall with your Cushing's horses. Very good. We'll chat about that as well. So we have a lot to do. But first, we have an announcement to make. It's kind of bittersweet announcement, and that is that we're going to be ending the driving episode here every month. As all of you know that have listened for a long time, this started out as a weekly show. A year, what, 10 years ago? Close At least. To 10 years, yeah. 11, I think. And then we went to twice a month, and then it became once a month part of Horses in the Morning. And Wendy, the lot's changed since then. So Wendy was competing when we first started this show way back when, and now you're kind of being more of a veterinarian and less of a competition uh, Now I just person. plod down the road with my 20-year-old horses, and, and, and it's still fun. And I plod but. with my hackney pony. Um, we have two plotters. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> we kind of thought that the, this particular driving episode has kind of run its course now. Um, and we've talked a lot about, you know, things over the years. We've had probably 500 episodes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's, we've covered a lot of things <laughs> over the years. So this episode is going to be replaced with something else coming up next month. To, and it provides a little variety also on Horses in the Morning. We try and mix that up all the time, too. But you're not getting rid of Wendy. Wendy is going to stop by once a month with Jamie and I, and she's going to do a traditional Chinese medicine segment as part of our Wednesday health report. So uh, she's not going away. You know, a lot of you know that Wendy owns part of this company. I tried, but you won't let me leave. (laughs) That's it. She owns part of this company, so she can't get away. So uh, (laughs) we kind of have her roped in. Um, but you like doing the health segments anyway. So, I do like yeah. it. I like it. It's fun. So, and you I like love talking about horses. I mean, come on. 
And you fill in for me when I'm not here sometimes too. So, and I ride too. So like, I mean, I love the driving and I think, I think it's going to be fun too, because we're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have Kathleen on for some fun segments and it's, there's always fun things to talk about with carriages. We don't have to have a whole show about it. Yeah, well, that's it. We're going to kind of weave it into horses in the morning anyway, because I'm a driver, you know, so I, I talk about driving over there. And, you know, Jamie loves to have you on. So uh, I think this is going to be perfect. And Kathleen, we're going to talk about a little later, but she'll be joining us, too, to do history segments on horses in the morning uh, once a month. So. The segments that you've grown to love here uh, will still be part of the regular show. It's just that we won't have a driving de- designated uh, show every month. That means you'll still get all that great stuff, but I don't have to do as much work. That's It's all about Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> all about Wendy. All right, Wendy, <laughs> speaking of work, it's time to get to work. So your product feature of the month. Well, my product feature of the month of the month is an herbal formula called Hot Hoof One, and uh, this is for chronic laminitis. And this formula is for our like chubby ponies or horses with Cushing's disease, and it helps to regulate glucose. And it also has some painkillers in it to reduce the pain and inflammation for horses suffering from low-level chronic laminitis. And you can find that at drwendying.com and just search for Hot Hoof. Very good. And let's go first to Kathleen with the Carriage Association of America. Well, thank you for joining us again. We're here with the CAA, Carriage Driving 101. And today we are joined with Margie Cox. And Margie has been with the CAA for about seven years right now. And even though that's not a really long time, she's been around horses for about 40 years. And in um, the seven years that she's been with the CAA, she has made a tremendous impact. She is a level three proficiency driver, which means she's very good at what she does. And she's been with us on multiple trips. So when, um, when we go to the Royal Windsor Horse Show, which I've been with you a few times, Margie, um, that is quite the experience, and I've been trying to tell Glenn and Wendy about it. Now, you have a unique experience. You were able to um, hand out a ribbon for, during the show, and can you tell us a little bit about that in your Oklahoma experience there? Well, we were so fortunate. Uh, when I went, uh, this was several years ago, Sally Armstrong, as president of the CAA, was uh, uh, the board of directors was handing out some of the awards that were presented and we received an invitation to attend a private reception with Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. And those of you probably know uh, that Prince Philip was very instrumental in starting the sport of combined driving and has been a, uh, was it was definitely a supporter of various types of driving competitions. So that was a thrill. And while we were on that particular trip, everywhere that Sally and I went, uh, people would throw their arms open wide and sing Oklahoma. <laughs> Are you sick of that by now? That's awesome. <laughs> from. But apparently the musical Oklahoma had just recently opened there and the ads were all big on Oklahoma. So as soon as I told them where I was from, they could have cared less. Uh, of anything else, but they loved singing Oklahoma. 
so so I felt very welcome while I was in Windsor. It's it's my wife's favorite musical. She plays it all the freaking time. <laughs> so now that we know about Windsor, which we definitely recommend that you go to, it's fabulous. And if anybody um, would like to sponsor a Wendy and I's trip next year, I'm throwing it out there that we would be happy to cover it for you. Just let us know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, so anyway, definitely plan on going to Windsor, Royal Windsor Horse Show. And then uh, we can move back over to the United States and to the University of, of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> you have to sing. That. Like I do the arm thing, but I don't necessarily sing it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and, and Marky is very influential there for the football games because she has a unique responsibility which is getting the roughnecks and the little sisses along with Boomer and Sooner out there when they make a touchdown. So Margie, can you tell us a little bit on how you came to know Boomer and Sooner? Sure. Let me just give you a brief history of Boomer and Sooner. Um, The University of Oklahoma in 1964 had several alumni members get together and they wanted to develop a special mascot that would be on the field and represent the university and um, kind of get the crowd um, enthusiastic after a touchdown was made. And uh, they wanted to honor Oklahoma's history. And if you remember from 1889, Oklahoma was uh, settled with the unassigned territories, those lands that were not Uh, already assigned to Native American tribes, these unassigned lines were opened up and settlers came from throughout the world. And in 1889, they shot a gun off. And at that point, the settlers in their covered wagons and horses uh, ran and staked their claim on lands. And that's part of the way that Oklahoma became settled. So the image of a covered wagon pulled by ponies is very important to our Oklahoma history. So the two gentlemen, the Bartlett's, that were the alumni uh, in 1964 uh, had the first ponies run the field. They had a, a schooner built and they had the first ponies run the field after a touchdown. And this became a, a uh, historical part of each game. In the 1980s, the ponies were then trusted over to the university, and in the early 2000s, they became part of the athletic department. So now the athletic department is really in charge of maintaining the care and custody of these particular ponies. Um, and throughout the years, different members of their spirit squad, the Roughnecks, uh, which is a volunteer all-male group, uh, were dri- would drive this the schooner on the field and they would train each other and sort of the knowledge was handed down from one driver to the next. But unfortunately through the years, we kind of all know how that goes. And some of the knowledge with the original drivers was beginning to be lost. And in 2019, unfortunately uh, during a run, a number of factors all came together and the schooner tipped over and to make it worse, this was done during a televised game so it was pretty dramatic and almost before the schooner was carried off the field the social media let up and it really became a publicity nightmare for the university 
So at that time, they knew that they had to make some changes and actually get a formal training program in place. So I was contacted uh, by them. I think they made several inquiries into the from the ADS and was referred to me. And uh, I was contacted by them to put some type of a proposal together to train the schooner drivers. So I put a proposal together, and about that time, the COVID lockdown appeared. So we got pushed back and pushed back. And finally, in June of 2020, the new schooner, which was had been built and com- uh, commissioned and built, was uh, delivered to the to the university, and I was able to actually see the drivers and the ponies hitched for the first time. At that time, um, the ponies reared six times during the hitching process, <laughs> and I knew I had a much bigger job than just training drivers at that point. Um, so I had to develop a method in which to evaluate the harness, the bits, look at the schooner itself and what needed to be done to make it safer, um, evaluate the driver skills, and then also evaluate and work on the pony skills because this ponies had sort of been allowed to be very heavy in the bit um, and basically go at one speed, which was at a fast gallop. And, <laughs> and They would just yell, fire in the hole and send those ponies out. It, very exciting, but it didn't uh, provide a whole lot of safety, and we needed to make some safety changes. So since that time, that's what we've been working on with the with the uh, drivers. And I, I like to cut in right here and say this really worked well with the CAA driver proficiency program and what she has learned as a level three in making sure that she can go through that process and being able to evaluate ponies and things like that. That. Um, that 40 years experience uh, kind of accumulated into that level three and then was taken out and exposed um, in this process of, of how solid that is. But these ponies, um, she has pictures of them that she share, She does a talk with about them. And uh, they were, they're good ponies, but they were a little hot when you put them in the harness. <laughs> and, uh, and she's done a fantastic job with them. I, I normally drive a pair of Arabians that that can be a little lively and so transitioning to these these made my my arabians look like percherons so um <laughs> when i got up on the box the first time just to try to drive them they literally almost pulled me out of the box oh this is God. how heavy they were on the hand and thank I, god that you had arabians to start with though i mean could you imagine <laughs> if you had like warm bloods or draft horses and, they, and then you try it went to the ponies <laughs> you would have had a heart attack yeah um so what we then did was institute a, pr- a training program where we basically started from ground driving and the drivers, which was a volunteer group of four men and two women, uh, put in three to five hours per week, actually ground driving the ponies, um, working with them to get them to rate their speeds, working on soft stops, uh, balancing them a little bit better because um, they were leaning on the bit so heavy that it really was not a, a pretty driving method. Um, and then working on the po- on their own uh, hand skills um, for the drivers, teaching them how to be softer in their hands that they didn't have to uh, hold on so tightly and too firmly to the pony. Um, we actually did lots of practices in 
the uh, parking lot of one of the university buildings where they were having to actually rate the speed. We would do slow trots, strong trots, walks and stops. And then we would put cones out and they would have to pull into parking spaces and achieve uh, satisfactory driving between cones. And all this was done because during the actual pregame activities, they do a campus run, which is about a two mile long run where they drive through the city and the crowds and the people that are tailgating and partying will wave at them and yell, but the ponies have to be able to handle this and handle it safely because they're actually driving on the street and there can be some traffic on the street. So uh, not only are they driving on the field in a, in a field loud situation, they're actually driving on the streets also. So the drivers had to be prepared to, navigate street obstacles, including bomb squads, uh, bomb roadblocks, uh, Mm -hmm. police sirens, as well as the noise that comes from being in the field. So there was a lot of work to do just with the ponies. Not to mention color. Holy, when you look at the color in that stadium, it's incredible. Yeah. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) And and we worked a lot on our aids. Uh, Once you're in the stadium and the game is live, the, the... Roughnecks, after a, and the little sisters, after a score, shoot off shotguns. So the ponies <laughs> hear the shotguns going off, and it startles them. Well, then they're on a, a high alert because they know shortly after those shotguns go off, they're going to be asked to run on the field. And we have a 30-second time limit to be on the field. Um, the only time we've ever exceeded that, I believe, was at the Orange Bowl in 2005, when the University of Oklahoma actually received a penalty because the schooner got stuck in the mud, and uh, we had a delay of game penalty for that. So, <laughs> that's that's, that's very historically accurate, though, yeah. right? <laughs> hey, Kathleen, so, yes. so you guys come out after every touchdown. I'm looking at the scores this year, and I'm just going to give the Oklahoma side. 37, uh, 23, 40, 76. Oh, fun. <laughs> Those ponies are tired. <laughs> The day it was 76, or uh, we scored 76, we have a number of drivers, and we rotate through the drivers, and that day each driver got to make two runs, so the drivers were thrilled. (laughs) We do do have a veterinarian there at every game with us, and we evaluate the ponies and make sure there's actually air conditioning in our tunnel for the ponies, so they're actually kept in a cooler situation, but uh we do evaluate them and they get water throughout the game and during halftime we take the ponies away and let them cool down and eat uh and relax off the field because it can be uh a little startling for the the ponies to have such intense activity around them um you have a full stadium you have a very full stadium stadium. yeah we have a full (laughs) stadium of eighty five thousand. so it's it's a large stadium and it can get very very loud. Now, is it true that when you guys win or are ahead by so much that they the announcer will sometimes say that you can go ahead and put those ponies away because the the team's going to win? Um, if we are so far ahead and if for some reason they feel like we are 
um, for the the field is being compromised. Maybe it's rained this week. The announcer Toby Rowland, who's beloved in Oklahoma, will say, "Unhitch the wagon and put the ponies in the barn," and that is sort of the call to allow uh, us to. We will stand on the field, but we won't actually run. And throughout the game, we will receive updates from the field crew as to how the field is holding up. And along with that, there will be games when perhaps we look at the field and say, no, it is too slick. We're not going to put the ponies through this. The ponies are barefoot, so we really don't do a lot of damage to the to the field. The football players' cleats actually does more damage. But even with that, the weight of the schooner, the angle of the turns can create some divots in the field. So if the field is in any way wet, we don't want to see a pony go down or a student get absolutely. hurt. So we will, not, we will absolutely not run in those situations. Is there just That's two just, ponies or do you have more? Is there... We actually have four. four. Okay. One is a retired pony and one is a pony that we're bringing up into the uh, rotation. We're, we're looking for another one, but the, uh, we have a seven currently in our main pair. We have a 17 year old and an eight year old. And though the eight-year-old will continue, but we're hoping then that the new pony that we're bringing up, uh, her name is Gemma, and she will replace sooner. Um, and as we bring her in, we hope that um, we can still look for another one so that we always have an extra pony ready in case we would have some type of a illness or an injury to one of the ponies. Just like any good athlete, you keep a spare so that you're... They're ready to roll. Exactly. So and these, with, go ahead. with these ponies, I believe you said that they were Welsh? They're Welsh Section A ponies, and we're actually, the pony that we're bringing in is about an inch or two taller than the ponies that we're currently using. The schooner um, is relatively heavy compared to the ponies, and when you're pulling it on grass, we've added pushers which are several roughnecks that when the ponies begin to initiate their run on the field, they actually stand behind the schooner and give it a slight push so that the ponies don't lurch forward and um, develop some shoulder soreness. So the pony size, we're hoping to increase just a tad bit, but basically they're Welsh section A's. Um, They're very nice for the students to work with. They're pleasant and Prior to the game, the ponies have their pictures taken by hundreds, probably thousands of people. Um, They stand out in front of the stadium for about two hours prior to the game, and people line up to have their pictures taken or their children's pictures taken with the ponies. And it's sort of a rite of passage in Oklahoma that you get your picture taken with Boomer and Sooner. Oh, that's so cute. Section A Welsh are so perfect for that. They love their pictures taken. They're totally spoiled. (laughs) I imagine that they are are, um, frequently groomed, as we say, and uh, probably have heard Oklahoma with the arm movements more than once. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Um, prior to every game, uh, the Roughneck Spirit Squad and the Little Sister Spirit Squads arrive at the farm where the ponies are housed, and they're responsible for washing the ponies, washing the harness, uh, cleaning the trailer. The ponies have a special dedicated trailer called Schooner One, and 
having everything ready to go so that the next morning when they're brought to the stadium, they're clean, their schooner is in excellent condition, and then that the, the trailer that they travel in is in safe and excellent condition too, and stocked with hay and water for the ponies. So I love the, the oops, sorry. Go ahead. I love the idea that they have, you know, Pony One and and it's just like the uh, Air Force One. So they definitely are traveling (laughs) in style. Exactly. And in fact, this week they'll be going to Texas uh, to meet at the Texas State Fair where we have our uh, annual game against Texas. And this is a big rivalry, the Red River rivalry. So they will be leaving Friday uh, and arriving and spending a day there before the game on Saturday. Well, go Boomer and Sooner. Good luck to you guys this weekend. And thank Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Boomer Sooner. Kathleen, that was so much fun. And when you, if you haven't seen Boomer and Sooner, you have to go look at the videos on YouTube of them running around the stadium like nuts. <laughs> it's craziness. <laughs> they do a good job. Very good job. She's going to need some spares, though. I can see one of these getting hurt, and that, that one of those is not pulling this little wagon. It's not happening. So, <laughs> well, they're much more current than they were when when she started, and they they pull together as a team now. So if you're looking at old footage, you may notice some some very definite improvements. Yeah, well, I I, I actually intentionally only looked at this year's because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to see the accident either. So the accident is pretty clean for an accident; they just tip over, and the calmness of the people is fantastic. It's exactly what you want to do when you have an accident. Oh, you know what? I just I'm just looking at it now, and it looks like the pony stayed standing up. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So just the vehicle tipped over. Oh, well, that's um, okay. Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. those guys It was just the vehicle. The ponies just <laughs> went right back into the tunnel. They were like, yeah. I'm going home. Yeah. What you guys do back there? <laughs> What's wrong with you two? <laughs> well, we wanted to thank you, too, for coming on our show all these years and, and uh, doing history segments. But we're not letting you off just because this last driving episode. Uh, you have agreed to come back with Jamie and I and do some history segments once a month with us. And we'd really like to continue that because they're so fascinating. Absolutely. I'm so pleased that you um, asked me and and it'll be really fun to to do some of these things. You know, uh, horses have been such an interesting part of history and, and there's so many things to talk about. Um, and, you know, we can keep tying it into food. We got the goulash cannons and the first brownie. And That's right. <laughs> all those other things that we've done along the way. Well, and Wendy's not getting off that easy either because I'm still making her come back once oh, a month. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to just have to drag her. I know. I'll just have to take her her back. (laughs) You know, the only reason she's doing it is because she owns part of the company. Then I guilt her into it. She forces me. That's right. I'm guilting her into it. (laughs) I'm not sure why Kathleen does it. but uh... Oh, I just enjoy it. But it sounds like she's not the uh, silent partner here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kathleen. We appreciate it. It's Carriage Association of America. What's the website? CAAonline.com, or you can find us on Facebook at Carriage Association of America. All right. Are you ready, Wendy? Ready. In three, two, one. Well, it's that time of year again. It's Martin's auction time. And this year is the 50th anniversary of the fall carriage sale of Martin's auction. 
And this sale is going to be so great. We have two coaches in there and multiple collections and longtime uh, auction visitor, Charlie Poppy, is here to join us. So welcome, Charlie. Thank you. Now, Charlie, you have a designated number at Martin's. You've been there so long, right? I've been there since the beginning, and yes, I do. And and it, sometimes it gets almost funny because people know. Years ago, I I had left the sale, and I was on mm-hmm. the Pennsylvania Turnpike coming home, and Shirley called me, and she said, uh, Charlie, where are you? And I told her, and she said, we have an issue here. I said, what do you mean? So somebody's out in the field using number seven. <laughs> <laughs> so you've said, been off 50 years? I, Yes. And do you ever miss one? Oh, I missed a couple over the years, but uh, but uh, overall, I've been there since the beginning. I wow. was the kid when I started. Yeah, you must have been like one when you started. <laughs> 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 but uh, just to make a real quick correction, you said there's two coaches. There are actually four coaches in the sale. Oh, there's four coaches? Four coaches, yes. Okay, tell us about the <clears throat> coaches. Okay, first of all... Uh, Two of Jack Seabrook's very famous coaches, the Nimrod, uh, Mm -hmm. which is probably one of the most famous coaches in America that uh, he's owned for a year. It was originally built for uh, Sylvia Brocklebank, uh, and she won the quick change uh, years ago with it. And um, then also the Tantivity, uh, or Tantivity, I'm sorry, uh, also uh, is in the sale. And tell and us quickly the, about like road coaches. Like, why are road coaches? Why do we get so excited when we see a road coach go through, well, and why are they named? Well, first of all, road coach was a public vehicle, and 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 if you look at them, they all have the names of all the towns and the cities that pe- they pass through, and they work on a very tight schedule, uh, essentially like buses do today, or, or taxi cabs, or or airplanes. And, uh, it, you know, you, you did your best to stay right on schedule and on time. And because so few of them have actually survived, it makes them so rare and so desirable. Uh, as opposed to the park drag, which is a private, uh, which was a private vehicle. Um, so the park drag George. would just be uh, like some family owned it and they would use it for their own personal transportation. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And these and, two... Uh, were made in England, and then uh, Mr. Seabrook bought them and brought them yeah, over here. He, he bought both of them in England, and uh, he had them uh, completely restored. Uh, on the um, Nimrod, all of the original artwork that was done by Cecil Alden, the very famous uh, horse illustrator, uh, all the original artwork has been preserved and stayed on it all these years, and it was always repainted around. It's mm-hmm. very colorful. Both right. of them are very colorful. Oh, very, yeah. yes. They put think, mine to shame. They make my little road coach look pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> I think also uh, it's exciting. Like whoever buys this next road coach, it's going to be like, is they become part of the coach's history. Oh, absolutely. I don't so. think there's any question about it. I'm hoping that uh, at least one of them stays in this country. I'll be, I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if one or both of them don't go back overseas, but it would be nice if one of them at least stayed here. And just ballpark figure, because, you know, like, I mean, most people are, we don't even know how much they are. Well, the, the last, like, how time, much they, the last <laughs> time they sold, they, they both sold for right on, uh, right around 200,000 the last time years ago. 
gosh. I'm Does sorry. that include the harness and everything no, else? No, no, that included it? nothing. No, even the lamps were sold separately on top of that. So oh. realistically, you're probably looking in the neighborhood of 250 to 300,000. Wow. So let me ask you this. Have, you know, with everything else, the price of houses and cars and RVs mm-hmm. and everything is through the roof. It, right. What about carriages? Are we seeing an increase in prices there or it was deflated no, for quite a while? No, uh, it's been, they've been down for a while since 2008. Uh, are they, they're slowly, and I've noticed in the last, oh, two years, uh, good pieces <clears throat> are bringing good prices, and they're coming back, but uh, <clears throat> the other also-rans are still also running. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what but, I but see? it's like anything else. Good car, you know, good rare cars are bringing high, high dollar, and, and the others just are just selling. You know, I see something in this, Wendy, that Jennifer would love. She loves steam engines, and they have an 1892 oh, the fire, the fire. American steam oh, yeah. pumper. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's and so it is Char- a beauty, too. Charlie, why? How come these? Because uh, I noticed when I go to the sales, these like fire vehicles sell for the uh, really high prices. What is oh, the allure to the fire vehicles? <clears throat> well, you have a couple of things. Number one, you have a whole group of people who collect nothing but fire equipment. Uh, Now we have a couple, and even here in Cincinnati, we have a uh, fire museum, which I donated all the harness to years ago. Wow. Um, But um, there's, there's just something quite fascinating when, when you get them all, the steam pumper going and the noise and everything else are just phenomenal. So these people may not be like horse enthusiasts, they're fire enthusiasts. As a matter of fact, yeah, I would venture to say that uh, it'll go to uh, somebody who just does fire equipment. Uh That's so cool. And now, what are the other two coaches going through? There's a, a Brewster Park Drag, which is a private coach. Mm-hmm. And it is just, I mean, the restoration is over the moon. It's so beautiful. And Brewster is like the top mm-hmm. name in, that in was carriage that, makers. That was, the, that was the epitome of, of quality. And then the other one is a Pony Road, is a, a Pony Park Drag, but it's new. It's not an antique. So is there anything else you're seeing in the sale that's unusual that you're going, wow, that, we haven't seen one of those in a while? Oh, uh, yes. There's quite a few things. Um, there's, a, there's two Pony George the Fourths. One is uh, an, an, a natural one that you typically see, and then the other one is an all-wicker one. We haven't seen one of those in a long time. I'm looking yeah, at it now, and that's basically a two, looks like a two-seater made of wicker, right? Just completely wicker? Yes, and then on the back of it is, a, is the seat for the groom. Okay. Yeah, and it has that swoopy front, so it's easy yeah. to get into. That's yeah. so it makes They're, it the George and the Fourth. And they were designed so that the lady's gown would show off when she'd be out driving. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, you know, Wendy likes uh, to show her gowns off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, funny when I was showing my spider fit on Saturday night, and the lady who was riding with me had this big gown, and I told her, I said, when she got in, I said, now make sure you pull your gown in all the way and stick your heel on the corner of your dress. She said, well, I don't want to get my dress messed up. So I, I, I heard this whoosh, 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 as I'm making the first turn and the hackneys are just, you know, they're moving right along. And I looked and here's her dress just hitting the wheel. And I was just <laughs> and, Oh my gosh. <laughs> you listen next time. <laughs> that could end in a fashion disaster for sure. Yes, yes it was too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I was talking to Paulie earlier and he was telling me that, um, they're pr- we're probably going to be there until late at night because he said there is uh, 
tons of, of harness from all these high-quality vehicles. There's, uh, he said, over 200 uh, blankets and uh, robes. Mm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and this, so 40. what we're talking about is that Martin Sale has the Friday session, and that's the catalog yeah. session. And yeah. then the weekend, the Saturday, is the no, field it's, session. No, it's a one-day sale only. Oh, there's no field session? No, no. It's it's what well, what they're going to have for a field session. They're going to have two auctions going at the same time. Oh, I and see. there's a hundred. There, I believe there's a hundred carriages that are going to be in the sale that'll be in the showroom, mm-hmm. and another forty or fifty carriages will be sold out back wow. in the parking lot. So yeah, this is going to be a long day with all hundred carriages. Oh, absolutely. All this harness. Mm-hmm. And you know what I also love about the Friday session? I mean, I love to look at the catalog, but I yeah. also love to see um, all these little bits and bobs that sell yeah. <laughs> in that Friday session. There's I, like- I, I think I think you told me that there's like uh, 30 or 40 sets of, of just uh, harness brackets because when you take a whole major um, a collection like this and they start taking everything down, you know, Right. All these years you've been, and I, I know if I just went out in my building, I've got 34 sets of harness, so, you know, that's... Uh, 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 Charlie, I have to interrupt you there. Uh, we, I've heard about your building, and that ain't the only thing you have in that building. Apparently, it's uh, the hoarder show is going to be visiting you soon, is from what I heard. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, they contacted me a couple of weeks ago. No, they didn't. <laughs> oh, my yes, God. Yes, they did. <laughs> You're Somebody not a reported you. It's just or, organized clutter. That's what we like to call it. Wendy, did you report him? Did you call him? That's no, it. because I consider him a collector. I would not consider him a hoarder. Maybe Susie called. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> does she go out to the barn at all? We're talking about his way. Does she go out oh, to yes, the barn yes, at all? Yeah, she does. Yeah, oh, okay. She walks in, she, she'll say, Let's make it easy. What's new and what's not? <laughs> and then she says things like, um, we need to sit down and inventory everything. And I went, we couldn't live long enough. No, you can't. You know, after you're married as long as we are, Charlie, they just give up. They just give uh, well, up. Well, it's true. 53 yeah. years, she doesn't even think about it. No, nah, she's like so sick of this whole thing. She just uh-huh. doesn't even think about it anymore. I came in the other day with some rosettes that I just bought, and they were just absolutely gorgeous. Like, you know, I really needed some more of them. We only have three or 400 of them. And I was so excited. And she says, so? And that was it. Just, so? I mean, how disappointing. You don't want somebody so to share the magic with. I told them about them. That's right. You need somebody to share the magic with. It's no fun just collecting them when you have nobody to share it with. Although she's oh, kind of right. There's enough, people, there's enough people come around to see it all the time. You know, she's kind of right about inventorying everything. You know, you are yeah. someday you're not going to be here anymore, and then she's going to have that mess to deal with. I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> she's going to take it all to Martin's. Yeah, she'll, be good. she'll call him up and say, you come get it. I'm not even going in that barn. I, I've already told her. I said, just go ahead and put him in speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, it's always fun having you on. Thank you. And how are the ponies? Uh, Charlie has hackney ponies. How are the ponies? Yes, they're wonderful. As I said, we showed over the weekend. I did um, six classes on Saturday. We got five first and one second. And that was in oh, the cone class, and I knocked and I knocked one ball down. So 
Oh, you're oh, you're slipping, Charlie. What's fault. wrong with you? <laughs> I know. And well, the worst part is, if I just let the pony go, he knows the uh, the course better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> don't micromanage ponies. They don't like that. I know, especially hackneys. They have a mind of their own. They're, they're little prima donnas. Yeah. Mine is mine is still a prima donna, so I get it. Yep, they're never going to change. <laughs> nope, <laughs> no, and I love him just the way he is. Yes, yeah. you know, Hackney people are special too. I think we're special yes, too. Yeah. We have to be special yeah. to put up with Hackney ponies. I remember when I bought my first Hackney. Well, this time, Susie said, uh, "Do you remember the last time you had a Hackney?" I said, "Yes." And she said, when? I said, mm, 40 years ago. She said, yes, you were young. Now you're old and stupid. What are you thinking? <laughs> Every man has to have a sports car. That's right. Late in life. And I said, this is my Jaguar, my Corvette. You and could have chose from... something else that she wouldn't have been happy about, but you, you, you stuck with ponies. Yes. Yeah. I always tell everybody, if it doesn't fit my harness, it doesn't fit my carriage, it cannot live in my barn. <laughs> I know that's the thing. Once you get all the carriage and harness yeah. for that size, yeah. you can't go different sizes. Right. I can't, you know, and, and even when I went from the Welsh cops to the Hackneys, I had to change collars. Yeah, but, that's true. I mean, then that was, no, that was a major expense, but um, I can't imagine having to start. Don't challenge him. I'd be buying all draft horse stuff next. No. Oh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I was too... just with a bunch of draft horse people over the weekend. Uh-uh. Nope. Been there, done that. <laughs> Now, Charlie, you're lucky enough that you can go to the sale in person. But if you can't go yeah. to the sale in person, how do people watch the sale? Is it they can well, see? They're going to have it. Will be uh, simulcast live, and I'm, I'm going to try to remember off the top of my head. But I believe if you go to Martin Auctioneers High Bid, all one word, dot com, it will take you right to the sale site. And what they have, which is nice if you're if you're you know if you're bidding at home is that every carriage that comes up, it'll have all the measurements of it. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. So, and, and that's true of lamps and everything that they, they specified, you you know, everything that's in the catalog had to be measured. Mm-hmm. And a lot, and there'll also be lots of pictures. So it's not just the ones that he has right now online. Yeah. You'll see every carriage, there'll be five or six pictures of it from different and, angles. And people can bid online. Yes. Yes. That's fun. Can they? And, or what if someone bids number phone, seven? Whichever. What if people now that they know your number? What if they just bid away? Well, they can't because I'll be sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Darn! I was getting that number ready too. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you. All right. It's, and, and and if you want, give me a holler at the seal, and I'll give you a full report. All right. Good. All right. That'd Martin Auctioneers dot com. Guys. Bye. Thanks, Hope to guys. see you soon. Love you. Bye bye. So I'm so happy to be hanging out here with Janet Geyer, who is the mad scientist behind Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. And I just saw coming across my newswire recently that all of the Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are now non-GMO verified through the non-GMO project. Tell me what that means. Well, for simplicity, it means that the place where the feed is made has been certified to be non-GMO and that all the ingredients are traceable back to the original place where they came from and they are all certified non-GMO because of that. It also means that there are no 
chemicals that are added into the feed uh, through the growing process or the manufacturing process. And it particularly means that there is no Roundup. That, that's um, big because that's a re- it's a really common product that is used in the agricultural industry and it is used on okay. animal feed. So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Right. So right. they do allow a certain amount of uh, Roundup to be in animal feed, but our feeds have zero. How many different horse feed formulas does Daily Dose Equine currently have? We have four feeds and four forage balancers. Uh, six of which are carried by Chewy. There we go. So if you need to learn more about Daily Dose Equine horse feeds or you want to find a local dealer near you, you can go to www.dailydoseequine.com or if you want to just shop around for, for horse feed from Daily Dose Equine, place an order and get fast and convenient delivery nationwide, you can do that at Chewy.com. Well, we're going into fall, and I wanted to talk a little bit about Cushing's in our horses, uh, because uh, the fall is the time when we sometimes see flare-ups, or when this could be like the first time we're actually recognizing these signs in our horses. Uh, Cushing's disease is also called pituitary pars intermediate dysfunction, or PPID. The, the names have kind of changed over time, but the reason that it ca- it's called that is it's a tumor in horses. Cushing's disease is different than Cushing's disease in dogs and humans. Cushing's disease is a tumor of the pars intermedia of the pituitary gland. So Glenn's now thinking, oh, that is so much science talk, boring. <laughs> but the reason I'm telling you this is the pituitary gland, it sits at the base of your brain and it's we think of it as like the master gland of all your other glands that produce hormones. Okay. So what it does is it uses dopamine. Like we've all heard of dopamine, right? That's like your feel good hormone, but it also dopamine controls a lot of the metabolism and regulatory balance in your body. And it also controls your stress hormones and your sex hormones. So when your pituitary is out of whack, it can affect all these different things in your body, metabolism, mood, you know, uh, your water, uh, homeostasis. So it's, it's a tiny little gland, but it's like super important. Also with horses, um, unlike humans or dogs, horses are seasonal animals, right? So in the fall, the length of day tells them to grow a winter coat right? Like we don't have that. Humans don't have those kind of seasonal issues. So that's why fall and spring are times when you might see things related to the pituitary gland because the pituitary gland uh, is part of the mechanism that helps recognize the length of day and causes them to have those seasonal changes. So our recent research has really shown us that over 20% of our geriatric horses, meaning horses over 15 years old, 
have some kind of pituitary dysfunction. So that's a really high number. And um, sometimes we don't really diagnose that until they're really shaggy or in the springtime they don't shed out. But by that time, when we see those signs, they might have already had some inflammatory changes in their feet. Okay, so having multiple episodes of laminitis, we know, uh, just builds on itself. So that's why it's important that we check, we find this out early. And I talked a little bit on, uh, I talked a little bit about early testing uh, in other segments for wellness checks, right? So, so you don't just need your vet out there once a year for shots, you know, maybe do a wellness test, which may involve screening for Cushing's disease if they're older. In TCVM, um, in TCVM language, we see Cushing's disease as a liver and kidney yin deficiency. Okay, and your yin is like our air conditioner, your yang is like your heater. So when your yin breaks down, your air conditioner breaks down, you're more susceptible to heat diseases. And we see heat diseases like inflammation or here in Florida, um, if you have a cushionoid horse, they're very susceptible to anhydrosis or non-sweating. So that's the root of the disease, okay? As they get older, they get this yin deficiency. But what we see for the symptoms is uh, the metabolic issue, right? So TCVM ways of saying that is internal dampness, right? So they might be real fat because they are, they can't regulate their insulin. So they are hypoglycemic. And we all know that it's very bad in our ponies and horses, right? Because that leads to laminitis. Um, and people actually, um, well, one of the things, one of the th things causing the metabolic issue is your body makes too much cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So Glenn, I know you can, I know you can relate to this. I'm sure you've seen all those commercials on TV trying to sell you all kinds of stuff to regulate your cortisol, right? Yep. Yep. So that's what they're kind of pointing to. They're pointing to cortisol gets high when we're older or we have some kind of metabolic issue. Then you're not processing your food properly. Like your glucose isn't going into your cells and it's making you fat. Okay. And in people, this is called the pro-inflammatory state. I'm sure you've heard that, especially with all this COVID, right? That's why having diabetes, type two diabetes sets you up for like more uh, issues with COVID. And that's because what happens is when you're in this pro-inflammatory state, you're releasing all this endogenous steroids, right? Cortisol is a steroid you make yourself. So we all know steroids, you take steroids to down-regulate your immune system, right? So like if you have like an allergy, you take steroids so that you stop having that allergy. So when we down-regulate our immune system, it's, it makes us more susceptible to disease because it's, it's, uh, like for you, Glenn, if you took steroids, cause I was really worried about that. You had something where you had to take steroids. I was worried about your Lyme disease flaring up. So that's one of the other things we can see with cushionoid horses that they can have, uh, 
flare-ups of diseases if they have Lyme or EPM, or they can be more susceptible to other diseases uh, like equine herpes or the flu. Um, and then, then what do we do for treatment? Okay. Treatment in this case is always integrative treatment. I never treat a cushionoid pony with just TCVM. Uh, I really believe in the pergolide treatment <clears throat> and the pergolide, uh, which is also called Prescend, is, um, it mimics the dopamine action in the body. And Glenn, a little tip, because I always have to give you little fun tips to keep you interested in my TCVM segments. Uh, do you remember that movie with Robin Williams a long time ago with those Parkinson's people? Yes, yes. Well, pergolide was developed for people with Parkinson's disease because they didn't have enough dopamine in their body. And that was the, what he discovered, that doctor discovered, is that they had low do levels of dopamine and giving them this uh, synthetic dopamine or what we call a dopamine agonist uh, fixed their symptoms. That was uh, Awakenings. Awakenings, yeah. yeah. I saw, I so saw it on a, TV the other day. Yeah, so yeah. it's a very powerful medicine. It, we don't use it in people anymore because it had some uh, side effects. Uh, and those side effects we don't see in the horses. But it can it's a very powerful uh, medicine that we can give to horses. And the ones that are on it that don't respond, you know what I think? I think they're not eating it because horses are very picky and it's a tiny little pill. And if you put it in the feed, they can just like squish it out. So one of my best tips for giving pergolide is to uh, take a carrot or a sweet potato and take a little paint key or a screwdriver and drill a little hole in there and stick your pergolide in and feed it, and they'll eat the whole thing. You can be sure that they're going to eat it. <laughs> I never thought about sweet potato. Oh, yeah, they love sweet potato. And I talk about sweet potato a lot. Sweet potato is really great um, for the gut microbiome. I never thought about it for giving drugs. That's what I meant. <laughs> oh, it's like a pill pocket. Yeah, exactly. It's a pill pocket for horses. Yeah. Because you have to make sure they get it. And also, it comes in a blister pack. And I know a lot of us, uh, you know, pre, you know, set our feed up for multiple days. With the pergolide, you can't do that. You have to feed it as soon as you pop the blister pack because it loses its efficacy. So you want to make sure that they're doing that. And then talk to your veterinarian. Make sure you're on the correct dose, okay? So most horses are controlled on one milligram per day, most average size horses. But if they still are showing signs of, like, not – not um, not shedding out or uh, they're a little foot sore, then you maybe need to check that, you know, check to make sure they're eating it and also check to make sure on the correct dose. I also recommend some diet slash food therapy. Like these horses, we all know how to handle these horses, right? They have to have low sugar because, um, that they can't metabolize sugar properly. So a low glycemic index foods. So alfalfa is great for that. I know a lot of people think alfalfa causes them to be hot, but alfalfa is high in protein, which is great for our older horses, but it's low, it has a low glycemic index. You can also soak your, your hay in, in water, like put it in a hay bag and soak it for a little bit. And soaking the hay uh, can drain off a lot of the extra sugars. And, and 
the coming into the fall, I don't worry about this anymore because I live in Florida. But when the grass is frosty in the morning, it tends to have higher levels of sugar. So a lot of people keep their ponies off of the pasture in the mornings. Um, and then for herbal therapy, I always add in the hot hoof, which I t- talked about in the product feature. Hot hoof is a great herbal formula that moves blood and chi to reduce pain. And it has some herbs in it like dangue, which is angelica, and moya, which is myrrh. And I've talked about those two a lot for pain relief. Um, and also a herbal for, a, a herb that's in this is yan huso. And that's from a plant called cordialis, which is part of the poppy family. And we know that opioids like morphine comes from poppies, but also cordialis is also a dopamine agonist. So it has the benefits of reducing pain and also supporting uh, the pergolide, your pergolide dosage. And um, I think, like I said, uh, early recognition of the disease is really important. So if you see the symptoms of maybe your horse is a little foot sore and super shaggy, then you need to do something about it. And then also we need to treat the root of the problem. That's the biggest issue. The root of the problem is the liver and kidney yin deficiency. So pain management alone is not going to solve this whole problem. So that's it. Very good. All right. So, and of course, you can always find more information about Dr. Wendy and all of the products we talk about and have talked about over the years at drwendyying.com. That's where you find it. Uh, we're going to head over for one final time here on the show to Katie Cadwell who from Tremont Farm, who I think has been coming on our show for probably 10 years uh, and talking about training tips and all that. But this time we're switching it up a bit. All right. Well, we have with us Katie Cadwell of Tremont Farm, and she is going to do her monthly Tremont training tip. Katie, I'm so excited to have you back here with us, and I can't wait to hear what we're talking about this month. Hi, Wendy. I'm glad to be here, too. But I thought maybe instead of a tip this week, we could talk about now that COVID's over, that we need to all get out showing and supporting our shows and make this, you know, equestrian sport fun again. I think that's a great topic. I think people have been like trapped in their house farm. And once you kind of get to be a homebody is hard to get back out again on the road, but that's what makes it so fun. And that's how you judge your progress. Right. And that's what we all need to do because I have to tell you, these shows are putting on really nice shows. They're trying really hard and they're being very competitor friendly. Uh, we just had Timberland and then Katie did at try on and mm-hmm. Katie did at try on ran for 17 entries and they still ran and they did a fabulous job. So we need to get out there and support. And I think people need to move away from the ADS versus the USCF and just think, let's get out and show our horses. Have the entries, can I ask, have the entries been down this year? So um, the show at Timberland did very well. They were closer to 40 entries. But, you know, Wendy remembers back in the day when we'd have 60 entries. So, yes, there has been a decline, but I think people are still hiding away a little bit but i have to say the shows are being very careful and they're leaving extra room and stabling and 
I have found people to be very courteous and, you know, conscientious. But let's be clear here, okay? Let's be realistic. If you're a horse show person, you don't have to be afraid of COVID because you've survived a lifetime of going into disgusting porta potties <laughs> in like 90 degree heat. So from and a, we eat we eat food off the floor. All oh the time. yeah. How about horse show cheeseburgers? How many people have eaten horse show cheeseburgers frozen in the middle? Well, you're hungry. What are you gonna do? You're at the horse show. And there's flies. Let's be honest. I've seen I've seen a lot of these people eat bologna and hot dogs also. So yeah. So <laughs> okay, the porta potty line is the line of the week, though, Wendy. That's pretty good. But it is. Good. It is. It brings <laughs> back a lot of memories. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Timberland uh, is great, I, I, and that's at your Florida, at your North Carolina horse park, right? Yep, and Katie did with it try on, and I'm then there are two coming up. That, that I, mean, it, I have to tell you, it is a great venue, and it would be really sad for us to lose that show. So um, Jennifer Matheson runs that one, and she did a great job this year. And this year with so few competitors, it was actually really fun. Uh, Katie Whaley and a bunch of people put together, you know, we had drinks every night sitting outside the barn on the benches and <laughs> the briefing was there. And, you know, so we had fun and we would sit and talk about, you know, how the day went or what's coming up the next day. And it just kind of was more camaraderie. You know how it used to be. Yeah. And at try on is so fun because you have all that infrastructure from the world equestrian games. Like I saw pictures from the marathon. How many times did you get to drive the marathon course from a world equestrian games? I know. And Mark Johnson did a great job. It was flagged well. And, you know, there's that super big hill to come back up after marathon and what they did them. You did your best time and walk. Up, oh, we're losing her. No, it's like a nice walkout. For me. It was really well done. We lost you for that part. Just repeat that. Uh-oh. What happened before the hill? Oh. So they did the vet check before the hill. Just could oh, walk please. up the hill. Mm-hmm. And you could, you know, you had to cool out. Yeah, that's perfect. Now, where did they do the cones and dressage? Was it in the big fancy stadiums? No, it was in uh, the arena next to the indoor, but it's really nice footing, and there's plenty of place for people to sit, and there's good warm-up to to show that people should attend. And I want to challenge everybody to to set your goals up, and, and let's head for Live Oak in the spring, which is our best show we have. And yes, maybe it's intermediate. You've been going preliminary, but let's step up the game. Let's all go out there and do it and set that goal and maybe go to Live Oak where you it's yeah. a harder show for you, but it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a fantastic show. And also, you know what? There's so few entries, right? I mean, in your class for driving overall. Like, who cares what you place? You're really showing against yourself. I kind of see it like the way you show dressage. You know, so you can set your own goals, and who cares what color ribbon you get? Because it's only a ribbon. I mean, Live Oak, I always want the Live Oak chair. I still think I deserve one for being unfairly eliminated. But <laughs> Yeah, <you> know, exactly. <laughs> I've gone to shows, tons of shows, and I hardly ever win. But it's still really fun because you're there with your horses and your friends and you're trying to do. And you're testing, you're testing all the work you do at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're testing your homework. 
All right, before yeah. we let you go, before you lose your signal altogether, how are the cats? Now, for those that listen oh, to the show all the time, they'll know that uh, Katie and her sister have a cattery, and we got to visit the cattery, and they have a lot of Russian Russian coon cats, right? Yes, they are Maine coon cats. They're the, the European version, so they're bigger and a little bit more angular-faced and a lot of fur. But yes, my sister now says that she may be a world championship driver, but she is a cat breeder. That's her excuse <laughs> for everything, for, for staying home and playing with kittens. Well, she's probably made more money doing the cats than she ever did doing horses, so there's that. <laughs> oh, she certainly did. Her cats are very much in demand. You know, she pays a lot of attention to the DNA, and she has some really exotic colors. So, yeah, she's people are coming back and buying second and third cats. And now, what have you added to the genetics of the cattery? So, she just got... Three new breeders from Russia. They need to grow up. So she got two girls that are six months old. One of them is white. And white in a Maine Coon is just a masking color. Mm -hmm. So we won't know what her color underneath is. And then one of them is a calico, like a bright calico. So, And then she got a male who is also six months old, seven months old. He needs to grow up. And he is a tabby, classic tabby. He is a polydactyl, so he has six toes on each foot. He has the biggest feet you have ever seen on a cat, but he comes from a line. He's going to be easily a 25-pound cat. Wow. Oh, my God. That's so cool. These were big cats anyway. I mean, they were big cats. Yes, and they're super friendly. (laughs) They are. They're like dogs. Yeah, they really are. They're they're like all over you. Jennifer would love a six-toed cat. She's always wanted one of those. Uh, oh yeah they call them Hemingway cats because he had a lot that were um you know polydactyls or they call them snowshoe cats because their feet are so big (laughs) well because they adapted to walk on the snow in Maine and the ice that's one of the reasons they started with extra toes I didn't realize that that's interesting makes sense Mm -hmm. so you guys selling all the ponies and horses now and just going to go with cats Oh, we still have our stallion, and we still have a few ponies. You never know what we have in the wings. Well, I I was there. You don't even know what you have, so there's that. (laughs) Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Katie, I'm so excited about everything going on down at Tremont Farm, so people should go to Southern Pines. They should go drive, go show, go visit the cats. Yes, come visit us anytime. Well, Wendy, I just wanted to thank you for for 10 years of this show. Well, thank you, Glenn. I've had a great time. It's been really fun. And you forced me to blog. (laughs) (laughs) I forced you to talk. Uh, (laughs) But you know what? We've become such good friends over the years, too. And and, uh, that was just been an added bonus to this whole thing, you know, and and Kyle and Jennifer. And I mean, we've just been good friends. And, and, you know, it started out as as, uh, co-hosts, but it became much more than that so quickly. Don't you think we were like, I've been reincarnated and we were like super best friends in another life or not even friends. I think you were my brother in another life. <laughs> I have a lot of sisters, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> there are some people you meet that you're just like, yep. you felt like you've known them forever. And it was that way with us when we, I mean, the first time we met. 
It was that way on the back of a carriage, actually. <laughs> so that's exactly the first time we met. Um, but yeah, when we went through some World Equestrian games together, we've uh, we've announced some shows together. Uh, yeah. By the way, I'm going to throw it out there that uh, the best announcing that was ever done at Live Oak was done by us, but they haven't asked yeah. us back. So oh my God, know. that was so fun. I, I forgot about that. We had hundreds of comments saying it was the best year ever, and then they never hired us back. So I don't know what that was about. <laughs> we were but, too fabulous. We were taking away from the competition maybe that was it that was it um but we are available so just letting you know we're still here chester doing our thing um (laughs) and if you ever want to come down now to a driving competition to live oak this year in ocala this is the year to do it because directly across the street's world equestrian center i mean literally across the street is the world equestrian center and there'll be all kinds of jumping shows going on then and all kinds of shows so you can see both this year it's Can I just say something about the World Equestrian Center? Yes. If you have never seen that, as a horse person, I went there when there was nothing there, like no shows. And I was like in awe. It is so incredible. <laughs> we have the started because it's so close. Everything. It's closer to us than town. So it's the closest place we have to get the restaurants from where we live. And we've started going to the restaurants there. And let me tell you, the food is fabulous. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, there is a place there called something in dots. I don't remember the name of it, but they have, it's Italian place and they have great pasta and even gluten-free pasta, but they have make these salads that you just tell them what you want on it. And they're enormous. Salads. Oh my God. The food, you know, food at, at horse show venues, this has notoriously been awful. Yeah. Uh, the food there, they have seven restaurants. It's just unbelievable. It's really good. They have good. seven restaurants? They have seven restaurants. And the ice cream place, you have to get ice cream at the ice cream place. It's really good. It's really good. So, yes. So the, the restaurants are open every day? Yes, at, every day, whether they have shows or not. And Ralph's is the is the burger restaurant. The burgers are enormous. Helena and Jennifer went there when Helena was down a couple weeks ago. And the burgers are enormous. They're huge. <laughs> They're really good. So, yes, the food at there is terrific. We finally have a horse show venue in this country with good food. Because the Kentucky Horse Park does not have good food. But um, even just walking around, like the scale of everything, like you could show elephants in that place. Yeah, yes, you could. You it's could. gigantic. But did you go in the five-star hotel? No. Oh, the hotel is just, it is five-star. There's no question. When <laughs> I have to visit you, I have to come up to teach at Chi. I'm going to come up and we're going to Oh, we have together. to go together. We'll go over and have dinner well, let's and stuff. Let's go to dinner. Yeah, let's yeah, to yeah. Dinner. Definitely. And we'll write it off as a business uh, a business expense. Well, definitely. We'll have to do that. For sure. <laughs> we need to go there. They had a Pasifino show when we were there last, uh, a week or two ago. And all the clippity-clop on the boards. Yeah. <laughs> so you could hear them from a mile away. Uh, oh but they have all different kinds of shows. I could tell what kinds of shows they're having by what horse trailers are parked in the horse trailer lot. Because oh, on yeah. the road we go to town, you pass the horse trailer lot. And the last couple of days have been these humongous fifth wheel horse trailers, which means that the Western people were in town. Because they, oh, yeah. Slant loads. Yeah. Like, they have these slant loads huge, for nine horses. Yeah. And they have the huge ones. I mean, pulled by tractor trailers. They're the only ones that have that kind of money. So you know they're in town. Uh, but yeah, it's been interesting to see what kind of horse trailers. And then they have a campground. And if you go over and look at the campground, you can also tell what kind of shows are in town. Because when the Western people are in town, it's the huge Class A bus motorhomes that are very fancy. Oh, um, really? And then like when the Pasifino show was in town, it was everybody uh, at the campground in their living quarters horse trailers. 
So, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's just, it is interesting to see that. And and also, a tip, if you're in the area, they have the cheapest gas at their gas station there. And there's nobody that bugs you, and it's made for trailers. So it, every pump has diesel. It's quick and easy to pull in. It's terrific. Oh, my God. So have I sold it well enough? Yes. Why aren't they paying me for this commercial? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, auditors, hang on. We're going to do a quick post show after this. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate you being here for all these years. Thank you, Dr. Wendy. Thank you. And remember, keep the shiny side up.